You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. With calls mounting for Virginia's top political leaders to resign, all three remain in office. Virginia's lieutenant governor is calling for an investigation by the FBI. And NPR Cheryl Corley reports the governor says he wants to work at healing the state's racial divide. Virginia Governor Ralph Northam says he's not willing to leave his job despite the uproar over a racist photo on his med school yearbook page and his admission that he wore blackface in the 1980s. The attorney general made a similar admission. Northam made his first official public appearance at a funeral for a state trooper. In an interview with the Washington Post, he said by remaining in office, he can work to resolve the state's lingering divisions over race. There have been increasing calls for Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax to step down over sexual assault allegations. He says he won't. He claims the allegations are false. A state lawmaker says if the lieutenant governor hasn't stepped down by Monday, though, he'll introduce articles of impeachment against him. Cheryl Corley, NPR News, Richmond. The lieutenant governor's two accusers say they are willing to testify in front of the Virginia legislature if an impeachment hearing is held. Lawyers for both women issued separate statements last night on behalf of their clients. An investigation by the Houston Chronicle and San Antonio Express News has found widespread sexual abuse in Southern Baptist churches in Texas and across the country. Houston Public Media's Laura Eisenstein has more. The two Hearst newspapers found that in the last 20 years, almost 370 people who worked or volunteered at Southern Baptist churches have faced credible allegations of sexual misconduct. 
They include ministers, youth pastors, and Sunday school teachers. The investigation found they left behind more than 700 victims and that Texas has more cases than any other state. Over 200 of them have been convicted or pleaded guilty to sex crimes. And the Houston Chronicle has published a database of those predatory pastors, something that sexual abuse survivors begged Southern Baptist church leaders to do back in 2007. But leaders refused, citing local church autonomy. For NPR News, I'm Laura Eisenstein in Houston. To Europe now, where skiing legend Lindsay Vaughn closed out her competitive career today. She won the bronze medal in the downhill at the Alpine World Championship in Sweden. Terry Schultz reports Vaughn had vowed to give the race her all. Whether I'm ready or not, I'm just going to go full throttle. That's what Vaughn said and did heading into her last downhill race, which she finished in 102.23. A crash last week in the Super G competition has left the 34-year-old with a black eye and sore rib, in addition to the damaged knees that are forcing her retirement. Vaughn leaves her competitive career with more World Cup wins than any female skier in history. The only person with a better record is Swedish great Ingemar Stenmark, who greeted her at the bottom of the slope. For NPR News, I'm Terry Schultz. And you're listening to NPR News. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side is coming up next, right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Nothing is ever the same. Changing houses. Changing faces. Different bedrooms. Different beds. And this trash bag filled with everything I have. I don't want to feel alone anymore. Help us show her she's not alone. Join us at Together We Rise to change the way kids experience foster care. One month or two? Five. Certainly, darling. Look what you did! What? You spilled! I'm sorry, it's it's just a little bit. Here you go again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What can I do? You can't do anything because you can't do anything right! Kids learn a lot from their parents, including domestic violence. Stop the vicious cycle. Today. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Virginia's Democratic Governor Ralph Northam says he will not resign despite bipartisan outrage over a racist photo from his medical school yearbook. The picture emerged Friday. It shows a man in black face standing beside a man in a KKK robe. Northam held a news conference Saturday afternoon at the governor's mansion in Richmond. He says he is not pictured in the photo despite earlier comments apologizing. He asked for the opportunity to earn the forgiveness of his constituents. I am not and will not excuse the content of the photo. It was offensive, racist, 
and despicable. My belief that I did not wear that costume or attend that party stems in part from my clear memory of other mistakes I made in this same period of my life. That same year, I did participate in a dance contest in San Antonio, in which I darkened my face as part of a Michael Jackson costume. I look back now and regret that I did not understand the harmful legacy of an action like that. It is because my memory of that episode is so vivid that I truly do not believe I am in the picture in my yearbook. You remember these things. Coming in from Virginia, where the state's lieutenant governor just denied a second woman's claim of sexual assault. In America, we have a common pain, but what we're lacking is a sense of common purpose. I'm Cory Booker, and I'm running for president of the United States of America. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Kathleen William, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is February 10th, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio like the guy said, my name is Jay Rao. Thank you for spending a portion of your Sunday with us. Hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday morning, whether you're participating in breakfast, uh, having a cup of coffee, or if you are on your way to church, pray for us. <laughs> but we appreciate you finding time. Or if you're listening, you know, at your leisure, on a podcast somewhere at work or on the road somewhere heading to have fun or whatever the case may be. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us right here on a beautiful Sunday morning. All right, listen, before I get into the introductions, let me apologize to uh, everybody. Last week we had some technical difficulties, and man, when I tell you they were technical, they were technical. So we apologize. A lot has happened since last week, but let me introduce you to the players. First up, let me introduce you to my big sis. She always brings it to you in a homey, folksy type of way, telling it like it is. My big sis and, you know, colleague for the J. Rowe Show, the one and only Miss Vanessa May Valley. Vanessa Canelli. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, everybody. I was on a cruise ship, and here I was trying to get the Wi-Fi hooked up so that I could listen to the show and get on the show from the cruise ship, and there was no show. I was like, oh, I know, man. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But, uh, yeah. Flat I know. I know. But you know what? It's good because it, it gives us more to talk about this morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I you brought go. you a Dominican cigar, too, Jay. Ooh, I can't wait to get that. Mm, all righty then. All right. So, uh, the resident Texan, who is now, I'm telling you guys, you guys have convinced this man to add his voice to the Sunday morning lineup. This is the man, my little bruh, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. What is going on, sir? Good morning to you on this beautiful Sunday morning. Good morning, good morning. Uh, once again, just a, just thankful to, to be here in, in the land of the living and be part of the contributors and broadcast and uh, such a fine introduction, Jay. So, again, uh, Miss Vanessa, welcome back uh, from your vacation. Thank and, you. Good uh, morning. And, Dave, for all of us, uh, let's just have a, a blessed day and, and inform the uh, listeners. Thank you. Absolutely, that's what we do. The man who gets the first and last word around here, the big boss himself, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's going on, sir? How are you? Good morning, good morning, sir. Good morning, John. And and uh, good morning, Vanessa. Hey, 
You got jail sick. Jay don't even smoke cigars. He wouldn't even know what the first right. thing to do what? about it. Okay, uh, I'll just give it to you. Man, hey, hold up now. Now, wait a minute. First of uh, all, Mr. Elias, I mean, why would you bring that nonsense here on a beautiful Sunday morning? Are you kidding me? I mean, because you're jealous. It's my cigar. I let's just keep it. It's the state focus. I bought a pack of five. I couldn't afford but five. I brought back right. five Dominican cigars for you, Thank Jay, you. my son-in-law, and my cousin. How about that? Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. There you go. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe this. Number three four seven eight five oh one two seven two three four seven eight five oh uh one two seven two. Mr. Jealous himself. All right, listen, like we said last Sunday, uh, a lot went down, had technical difficulties. We apologize because we know people make their way to try to get to the show. So out of our hands, live radio, that happens every now and then, but it gives us another week to think about what's been going on and what a week it's been. A lot to get into this morning. Let me give you the rundown. Obviously, they say Virginia is for lovers, but I'm starting to think maybe Virginia is for chaos because what's going on in Virginia is just something that, that is unprecedented. So we'll talk about that second set. First up, though, we're going to talk about white people in blackface. I mean, uh, you know, this is amazing to me. The more and more you see these people come out and say, oh, well, I used to do it for Halloween contests and all this other stuff. Should we, are we, are we blaming white people? Should we forgive them? Because, hey, they know not what they do. So we'll talk about that. Plus, you know, Cory Booker stepping into the game. We'll talk about Cory Booker if we have time because it's just so much to get into. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, she launched her presidential campaign uh, yesterday, um, and so listen, we'll talk about all that. The number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let's get right into it. Blackface, Virginia Governor, Mister Elias, are you surprised that this man is still in office today? No, I'm not surprised, man. I'm very not surprised, man. Come on, it's white privilege, man. Come on, let's just call it what it is. Let's definitely call it what it is. You know. He, he did this. And he, he, first, he came out and said, "Oh, I'm so sorry for what I did. I was, you know, I was in college." Then, then he came out and said, "I don't even know if that was me." Look, dude, I, I can remember all the stuff I did in college. You know, it, it, some good, some bad, but I can remember it. You know, so you don't remember you dressing up in blackface or you in the Klan outfit. You don't know which one, which one's you. Come on, and it's on your page. First and foremost, if, if it was not you, you should have been outraged that it was on your page. From the very he said he never saw the. He said he never saw the book, Mister. Wait a minute. Now. He said he never I'll saw it. He said he never okay, purchased he never it. He never saw it. it. He never saw. He never saw the book. Okay, and he's in medical school. He's in medical school, uh, and so he's an adult going through this stuff, doing this stuff. Well, why did he apologize at first? And he says, "says Well, I'm sorry for what I've done." Why did he apologize first? Then he come back. So I don't it think. Sounds it was like me. you're not believing the gut. It no, sounds like you're I not believing in the great governor no, in the great state of Virginia. You know, I'm not okay. going to apologize for something I didn't do. If I had hell, if I I knew doggone well what I, if I dressed up and took pictures for that. And in and, and college, I'd have known that. As an adult in his 20s, come on, man. Come on. Give me a break. Hey, man, it was him. So admit it, step down, and move on. Move on. Well, sounds like Mr. Elias is not convinced. Uh, so, Vanessa, let me go to you, because I think one of the things that makes this story sound hokey-pokey and hanky-panky is the fact that he talked about, and you heard that on our lead, he talked about how, you know, you can strongly remember, you know, uh, what you did with the Michael Jackson situation, and that made him really confess or confirm that he know he's not in that post, that picture. But, you know, remember, when the story first hit, 
uh, he had to call classmates around and say, hey, am I that guy? Am I that dude? And so, you know, let me ask you, do you believe the governor from the great state of Virginia? Mm-mm. He's in full conspiracy mode this morning. He called classmates and said, hey, man, cover for me. Cover for me, please. Stop it. <laughs> okay, okay. He's okay, fired listen, up as usual. Listen. Yes, or no. Okay, so there were there were spots on the ship that I just literally stayed on Jay's channel, which was MSNBC because there was no CNN on the ship. So oh, okay. let, let me say this. <laughs> That's Jay's channel. Okay, so let me say this. I would have for don't shoot me now, y'all. I would have forgiven him My gun is ready. had he stood up and said Listen, mm-hmm. had he stood up and said Y'all, that was me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm a better person. I've done this, 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 and this for the African-American community, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, but when you get, I would have forgiven him, because ain't none of us perfect. The only perfect person is Jesus-led. So, Uh but when he kept, no, 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 when he came back, and he said, let me get his dog a treat. He came back and he said, that wasn't me. Uh Uh-uh, that wasn't me. (laughs) So... You get on the phone and call everybody and say, y'all, I'm going to tell him it wasn't me, so y'all hold me up. You can't do that. You can't uh, You can't do that. And then did y'all hear him say, well, I was blackface dressed as Michael Jackson, and I only put it under my eyes because y'all know how hard it is to get black shoe polish off your face. I don't know how hard it is to get off my face. get black shoe polish off my face. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, I, I mean, that's what blew it. That blew it. That blew it with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you need to step down and get out of my life. No. No. Yeah, you know, but, but Johnny, Johnny D, Vanessa brings up a good point. That's something that had he come out, and, you know, I, I think most people, it seems to me, and, uh-huh. you know, and listen, I, and I always have to put out this disclaimer because people understand when I bring points up as the moderator of the show, I have to get cadence, keep cadence, and I also have to try to look at other people's points of views. A lot of the times they're not my, well, I'm lying, most of them are mine. But there are times when they're not mine. So I try to play devil's advocate, so to speak, because I want to keep the conversation flowing. Let me ask you this, because this is something that I've noticed before. It's like when someone does something, like, for example, with this governor. You know, you look at everything that he's done, you know, uh, for the African-American community, things that he's done policy-wise. You know, he made a mistake when he was younger. Why is it when... People, white folks, make those types of mistakes. It's like they're unforgiven. It's like, well, we can't forgive you for what you've done. But I know every last one of us on this show has done something in our past that if it came to light, people would be looking at us saying, huh. I mean, so should we, for something that we did a long time ago, still be punished if we've tried to do the right thing since then? What say you? Well, I, I will say this, Jay. Uh, everyone has made some some real valid and and key points. Um, I think it's the integrity of the, of the process. Um, certainly, okay. if you know you turn back the hands of time and, and you look at you know my journey through life, and, and as as you said, your journey through life, we've done some things that would scar one's heart if if someone was to know, but. If the intent was to be derogatory or degrading, then I think that takes it to a whole different level. Now, I've done some Thank things you. That, that, you know, again, I wouldn't repeat, but I also don't necessarily regret them because it builds my foundation for today. So 
when 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 you think about this gentleman who holding the highest office in in the state of Virginia, and I really have not done um, a, a great deal of research in regards to what he has accomplished for African Americans, but nothing stands out that anyone has talked about. So I, I I will hold my tongue on on that aspect of it. But if if he had come out and he had acknowledged the fact that you know he has entertain himself and entertain his, his BMI company and, and the ones that went to his, his, his the, the, the medical school by dressing up in an age-old theatrical uh, grandstanding and derogatory uh, defaming of African Americans that, that the Caucasian race has done since the early 1900s, then perhaps we would have been able to step back and say, you know what, hey, Hey, he made a mistake. He's come. He, he's been forthright, and, and we move forward. But the truth of the matter is, is that we don't really know if he was the one in blackface or if he was the one in the Klan outfit. That Thank you. has not been True. determined. So from that standpoint, there, I think that he should own it. Um, and then you know the hypocrisy of what's going on in Virginia is you know this time uh, last week the attorney general was setting pretty high. Uh, and he was calling for the guy to step down, and then all of a sudden, his episode and his exposure on black case comes up. So what you have is 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 individuals who have clearly, clearly in their past decided because of of their Caucasian race that utilizing blackface in that theatrical form is is more defaming and derogatory. I don't I don't buy the fact that they was that they did this to to portray. Images such as Michael Jackson and, and, and Governor Northam, and then of course with the Attorney General Heron, he said he was trying to be Curtis Blow. So I, I don't buy that as as paying homage to those individuals. I look at it as just being humorous, derogatory, being the buffoon, everything that blackface stands for since the days of the birth of a nation. You know, these guys they depicted that at some point in their life. But should we forgive them? Should we forgive them? It's the lies that they told or what that surrounds it that shows their lack of integrity. If they had come out early on, knowing that, that you know, when you take that type of office, that you're going to get exposed with something. I would have much preferred for them during the election time to sit back and say, hey, you're going to see some things that, that have occurred. Or, you know, do what most politicians do. Wait until at least they get in office and then say, okay, this is what I've done. But now you stand accused. And this guy, with the comical part of it, is that I truly believe if the wife hadn't have been there, he would have got up and entertained us with the moonwalk. If she hadn't have been, <laughs> yeah, uh, wow, that's that inappropriate. I mean, I, you know, he, but look how low he was going to stoop just to validate wow. his 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 thing, his, his desire and his association to say, okay, well, I'm 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 I'm, I'm recognizing Michael Jackson. Yep. That means nothing to He's me. Right. It, it's more about the lie. Than, than, than probably anything else, and you know, yeah. uh, and I, I know at some point we'll talk about uh, Justin Fairfax and, and, and his episode. But right now, it's so much chaos and, and, and turmoil. And you know, I, I know when, when when Jerome gets on, hey, he is true. You know, when you look at this Democrat hope who's now talking about you know impeaching Justin Fairfax, and he says nothing about Northern and Herring. It's the hypocrisy. Of, of that statement, the hypocrisy mm-hmm. sometimes of Caucasian Americans, and that right there is what makes people less—I mean, more insensitive—I mean, less insensitive in regards to the forgiving aspect of it. Right about that, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call-in number. 
three four seven eight five zero one two seventy. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rao show. Twenty five minutes after the hour. Uh, go ahead, Vanessa. What, what, do, what do you want to say? I, I totally agree with everything he said, and the only reason I could say that I thought that the man should have stated some of the things that he did was because I watched them live interview a few black people who said that they did like that man, that they thought that he had did some good things for the city. So that I don't live there. I live in Texas. So I'm only going off of the few black people that I saw them interview who seemed to like this gentleman, you know, mm-hmm. once he turned around yeah, and lied and turned around and lied then they were like, okay, we got to get rid of him. But as long as he was, you know, at first they were like, no, he's a good guy, you know, let him slide or whatever. So that's where I got that from. That's where I got it from, that they said he was a pretty decent guy, nothing that I know about him personally. But, yeah, some black people liked him until he lied. Yeah, uh, but, here, but you know, a lot of the major, all of the major, matter of fact, uh, presidential candidates have come down and said that the governor needs to resign. Uh, most of the heavyweights in the Democratic Party has come out and said that he needs to step down and go away. Even his mentor, uh, uh, the previous governor, his uh, predecessor, uh, McAuliffe, has come out and said he needs to step down. But we haven't heard from one uh, Democrat, the big Democrat of them all, Barack Obama. Mr. Elias, where's the president? You haven't heard his voice on this. He hasn't said anything about this. Nothing. Zilch. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> What are you going to pile on and say, I agree with everybody else, that the guy should step down? Stop. See, see, stop. Don't, don't do that. See, 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 I knew this was what's going to happen. Stop it, man. Every Democrat has come out. People were demanding for the top two senators, Democratic senators of Virginia, to say something because they were silent four days in. And so now everybody's going to sit here and say that President Obama shouldn't he, – he campaigned for the man. Okay. I mean, come on, man. He campaigned for him. Okay. So he should come out and say he should step down. I agree. Wow. He should come out and say he should step down. Yeah, he should. Well, you okay. know, that's, okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. All right, listen, February is Black History Month, and so in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, we're going to take a look at a Houston legend. I'm not going to spoil the surprise because I want us to be able to enjoy it. Willie D? Don't worry Willie about D? it. I'm sorry? It ain't Willie D? It's not Willie, Willie D? D? Willie D? Stop it. Stop it. From the ghetto boys. Anyway. Willie D is a point. You're feeling some kind of way this Let me remind you, the show is called The Serious Side of the Man, I'm telling you, so I'm telling you you're, slipping, you're slipping on Willie D since it's Black History Month. Willie D, is, I'm telling you, it's Black Mr. History Month. Uh, we are, this is uh, the beginning of Black History Month. We have so many more to do. You are contributing to the okay. show. We'll talk about Willie D next time for you, Mr. Elias. All right, anyway, so in this week's edition of Four Minutes Less, we'll take a look at the Houston legend. We'll continue this conversation on the other side because, you know, I'm not going to sit back here and give President Obama a break on this. I'm, I want to know where he is on this. And, and so and I knew, and this is some of the stuff that black folks have been saying about the president for a long time, so we'll get into that conversation on the other side. But now it's time for this week's edition of Informing Us or Less. Something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. People say to me, Skipper Lee, tell us your story. When did you come to Houston and why did you come to Houston? This is my story. 
Last night as I tried to sleep, it seemed as if I could hear voices. And those voices kept telling me, Skipper Lee, steal away and carry a mountain of soul to Houston. Over and over again, I kept hearing the same voices. Skipper Lee, steal away and carry a mountain of soul to Houston. Over and over again. I kept hearing those voices. So I called my mother in and I kissed her goodbye. Called my father in and shook his hand. And as I walked out the door with my bags in my hand, I knelt down and kissed my little sister. Then I began the long, lonesome journey to carry a mountain of soul to Houston. Because I could not ignore those voices. Over and over again, I kept hearing those same voices. Skibbly steal away and carry a mountain of soul to Houston. Am I saved? So here I am, Houston. Here I am, Houston. I've brought a mountain of souls to this city. Have mercy. Have mercy. contest in San Antonio in which I darkened my face as part of a Michael Jackson costume. I look back now and regret that I did not understand the harmful legacy of an action like that. It is because my memory of that episode is so vivid that I truly do not believe I am in the picture in my yearbook. You remember these things. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. I think that's statement right there. It's what a lot of people are saying. Look, you're you're a hypocrite. You vividly remember these things, but you can't remember whether you were the yep. quiet face or the clan guy. That's come on, stop it. You, you should have just be quiet. Just ridiculous. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side. It's uh, thirty one minutes after the hour, bottom of the hour. If you have to be there in you know thirty minutes, you need to get on the highway. All right. So listen, I want to continue the conversation a little bit about this because you know one of the things that one of the big the biggest Democrat of them all, which a lot of people still look at as being the head of the Democratic Party, President Barack Obama didn't say a damn thing about this whole thing with Governor Northam. And so a lot of African Americans, you know, one of our colleagues, my boy I love him to death, Light Skin, aka J. King, uh, from Kings in the Morning, you know, when you if you want to hear a bunch of black folks talk about President Obama, tune in over there. Because they are on him all the time. Not so much, I guess, here recently. But the bottom line is is that a lot of people say that when he came to race, Barack Obama ran from that. He, he didn't step up and really step up and do the things that he was supposed to do. Now, some folks may argue and say, look, he's the president of all people. He just can't sit here and focus on African Americans. But African Americans are saying, wait a minute, but come on now. 
He's the only one that looks like us who has ever sat in that office. So if he's not going to do it, who will? And that's why a lot of people are embracing the candidacy of Kamala Harris. People are looking at Cory Booker. They're saying these folks are, in, you know, they are embracing their blackness. You know, the rollout with Kamala Harris, how she wrote her campaign out, uh, you know, and, you know, Cory Booker, his video, very ethnic, very, you know, centric to, you know, African-Americans. And so people criticize President Obama for not stepping up and not, you know, being more, being more of a voice when it comes to things dealing with race. So, Johnny D., let me ask you the same question I asked Mr. Elias before the break. Where is President Barack Obama? Why hasn't he said anything about this situation? Well, I will tell you, Jay, I really haven't given much thought um, to President Obama, and, and partly because I'm one who feels that there were some areas that he could have done differently in his presidency. And that was certainly one mm-hmm. of them. And so, therefore, I, I'm not surprised that, that he has uh, taken backstage on this particular episode here. Um, again, no fault of his own. That's just who he is. But that was one of the things that always, you know, stricken me from and endorsing all of his policies and, you know, his, his envisionment. I just never felt that he wanted to take on the hard topics and, and certainly after he was um, reelected and going into the fourth year, I mean, to that fifth, sixth, and seventh, eighth year, I thought that uh, he would be more combative, but he wasn't. But then again, we, we're not here, and I'm not here, and I know you're not here to assassinate his character. He did a fine job. But when it came to topics of race, uh, he did tend to stand down um, a lot more than what I would have expected, nor desired, and certainly a lot, lot, lot more than I would have done had I been in the same position. You know, Vanessa, you know, and, and I agree, I echo him. We're not here to assassinate it, but what we are, a lot of people still, listen, forever my president, forever my first lady. You know, this guy, let's just be perfectly honest, that if I, in recent history, in my opinion at least, this president is so revered. I don't remember anyone revering a president or keeping a president right there in the news cycle two years into his successor's term. Now, I know it's because it's Donald Trump, but look, go back and look at history. I don't remember people being so fired up about President Clinton, you know, two years into the uh, Bush presidency. So I, I just don't, you know, his popularity remains. He is still one of the most popular people in the world. He still can draw a crowd of thousands when he speaks. Um, when he, listen, think about this for a second. He gave a, uh, uh, gave a speech on race that was carried by all the major news cable networks. Two years removed from office. Do you think if George W. Bush would have stood up and started talking that they would have said they, they tuned it, they had pre, they had, they had coverage leading up to the event and analysis after event. This guy still has a big voice in our community and in this country and in this world. And so it just seems to me that he should have said something. So, Vanessa, same question to you. Why haven't we heard from the 44th president of the United States, especially when he campaigned for this guy? Y'all know y'all hate me. Y'all know y'all hate my album. Okay. I just don't think he should say anything. I think I You don't think, think he should me. say anything? Well, no. Well, okay. I, I mean, uh, Okay, I'm not hating. I personally okay. think that Obama is 
working with Biden on if he's going to run. I think that Obama has went Joe to Joe Biden Florida said something. No, I don't think they need to say anything, Jay. Sometimes just Joe Biden up. did say no, 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 Joe. No, Vanessa, Jay, I'm just trying to tell you, he, Joe Biden came out and said something about this. Okay, but what I'm saying is, I think that sometimes people need to shut up, and I think that President Obama is doing the right thing by keeping his mouth closed. I think that yes, he. Why? Is our favorite president, Jay, but a lot of people. Look, I just got off of a Donald Trump cruise ship. Okay, so I know. Well, we're going to question that a little later. I didn't want to bring that up, but go ahead. I had to shut up, okay? So what I'm saying is sometimes you have to be quiet. I personally think that he's working behind the scenes with who is going to help them to run as Democrats. Did y'all not pay attention to the fact that Oprah Winfrey just interviewed Beto? You think that she just upped and said, let me interview Beto? No. I think that Obama has something to do with that. I think that Obama is trying to see if Biden and Beto can compare up, because all you're hearing is Beto, Beto, Beto. I also think that Obama spoke to the black man that was in Florida. What's the black guy named in Florida who everybody thought he was going to win and he didn't win? Okay, I think that Obama went and talked to him and told him not to run. Don't y'all think it's strange that he didn't run? Don't y'all think that was strange that that man didn't run? I think that Obama, because Obama had a meeting with him. So, y'all, I think that Obama is working. I think that he's working behind the scenes. I think that Obama needs to stay quiet and stay out of this because people don't want another Obama in the White House. They just want somebody they know can beat Trump. And the reason why I heard that is because I heard the stats last night on MSNBC that shows that 57% of the Americans want, of the Democrats, want a person who can beat Trump. They don't care what they're running on. They want him, that person, to beat Trump. I haven't had nothing to do, y'all, but a week of listening to statistics and numbers and stuff as if I was Jerome Spree, okay? So, I mean, I, I think he's doing the right thing by being quiet and working in the background. We're going to see Obama. We're going to hear Obama. But it is going to be after they decide who's going to run as the face of the Democrat. You watch. Well, that's a good segue into this. No, it's a good segue into the statement. I mean, into this segment. And you're right. I mean, listen, you're right as far as President Obama uh, being what we call a kingmaker, because all the presidential candidates stop by his office. You know, from uh, Bernie Sanders to you know Cory Booker, all those people stop by his office uh, to uh, get some advice from the 44th president of the United States. But I think, uh, and I think we're 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 uh, we're crossing over the, the medium per se because on one hand I think he was one of the greatest presidents that this country has ever had. Yeah. I'm not saying that because he was black. I'm saying that because presidential historians have said that he accomplished most more than almost any president in this nation's history. So I'm on his side when it comes to that. And you know, even though I'm on his side a little bit more than most when it comes to speaking out against black issues, because I think that there's a time and a place for things. But on the other hand, for him not to say anything. About this, especially when now I can see if he didn't campaign for the guy, he campaigned for him. You know, uh, you know this guy wouldn't be the governor of Virginia if it wasn't for the black vote. And you can't tell me that President Obama did not get the black vote out, because anything that President Obama touches, we want. Now, saying that, let's make the segue into the presidential candidates. A lot of folks are going back, and I read an article the other day, Mr. Elias, they were talking about how 
a lot of Democrats are really starting to kind of look at the, 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 the legacy of President Obama and saying, wait a minute, you know, you were too, you were kind of too uh, to the center, you were too center-right for us a little bit there, Press. We need you to be progressive. We need you to be for Medicare for All. We need you on our side of the ledger. And so a lot of people are saying, look, okay, we hey, he was the first African-American president and all that jazz, but at the end of the day, we want someone that's going to push universal health care. We want someone who's going to push, you know, uh, 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 welfare. I mean, not welfare, but uh, uh, help me out. Uh, Medicare, uh, Medicaid. Medicaid for all. Medicare, Medicaid for all. So, you know, so more and more, a lot of the Dems, they don't want to sit here and completely push President Obama away, but they are running. They're kind of running against. His agenda, so to speak, which is going to be interesting to see what happens if Joe Biden gets in the mix. What say you? Well, I, I'll say this, man. I, I like I said, I I, I believe in the single payer system. You know, I've always I've always had that bite against him on that. It should have never caved on a single payer system. He should have forced it down that throat just like the Republicans did. And he should have went to him and twisted the blue blue dog Democrats' arm and pushed the single payer through. You know, I, I believe in universal health care. I believe in Medicare, Medicaid. I, I, I watched Bill Maher the other night and looked at Chris Christie's big ass sit on there and talk about, well, you know, the Democrats need to give up on Medicare, Medicaid. Then you should give up your health care that you got for the rest of your life and your family got for the rest of their lives. You should give all that stuff up because you were governor. Since, you, since it's no good for me, it should be no good for you. It's good for the goose, what's good for the gander. The bottom line is these, these politicians sit in office and tell us what we shouldn't have, but they got. I want the same you stuff that you got. And, if, you, and right. if it's that bad for you, it should be that. If it's that bad for me, it should be that bad for you. And I'm paying your salary on top of that, and I got to pay for your health care for the rest of my life, then you should give it to me. Bottom line. I, I hate that stuff. I hear that all the time. These, these politicians say that same stuff. So I believe in the single. I believe in Medicare, Medicaid. I believe in the, uh, the, the health care for all. I believe in that. And and if you don't, that's your that is your problem. That's your preference. But these these politicians have it for the rest of their life. Hell, you had the vice president, whatever that clown was, when Bush was in office, talking about all this other stuff. And we and he's a millionaire. He's a millionaire. Couple three or four times over, and we're still paying for his heart for his heart condition. We're still paying for his heart operations, so don't don't hand me nothing about that. Yeah, man, I, I agree. They should have they should have health care. They should have it. All right, let's bring in hey the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, on the highways and byways of America. He's tuned in. What's going on, Jerome? Man, welcome in. What's up, hey, Jerome? Hey, what's up, B? What's going on? Uh, nothing, hey. man. We're talking about your favorite president. We actually we're talking about contenders for the, <laughs> you know, all the Democrats who have stepped into the to the fray. We're, we're, we're uh, let me get your take on this because I, I, I was thinking about you. Anytime something goes down, you know, I turn on my uh, public enemy and I sit down and I meditate and I think about the question <laughs> I'm going to ask you. <laughs> you know, okay. so I put on fight the power okay. and I said, okay, let me ask you a question. You, 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 know, guy, you know, listen, man, <laughs> everything, listen, I always want your opinion on stuff, man, because like I said, when I say the moniker, the smartest man in the world, I kind of mean that. So, so here's my question for you. 
we were talking about, uh, the, you know, the governor's, the blackface situation with the attorney general and the governor of Virginia first segment. And it kind of bled into the second segment. And, and the question I had, I said all the major Democratic uh, candidates for president stepped out, said something about this. Uh, all the major players in the Democratic Party has come out and said something, including the head of the, the DNC, you know, Terry McCullough. Uh, his successor in Virginia, but we haven't heard from one prominent Democrat, and I said we haven't heard from Barack Obama. And people on the panel mm-hmm. seem to be okay with that, but I remember when African Americans used to really have some say so, used to be kind of upset at President Obama because they felt that when race issues, you know, came to the forefront, he was somewhat in the background using the term, "Hey, I'm the president for all people, not just for black people." And so folks are saying, well, "Wait a minute." You know, if you're not going to do it, who will? You know, so so I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Do you think he should have said something and came out and, and, and you know, denounced what happened? And uh, I don't even think he denounced it. Forget the resignation. He hasn't said anything on this. What say you, Jerome? Right. And I don't, I don't think he should say anything. You know, this is, like, disgusting and disheartening. It's the thing that I hate about Democrats. It's the thing that I hate about Democrats. Democrats are like the prime people over, like, Al Franken, I think that Al Franken, he, he should have still been there. I, I, I know that that's going to be, you know, a little, um, some people are going to disagree with that, but even if, even if, like, I don't know all the allegations against Al Franken, for example, but all I remember is the picture of him standing in front of that woman and then saying, oh, that was sexual or whatever, and they get rid of him. Like, I don't know him to talk to anybody. So when somebody makes um, somebody accuses you of doing something, if you don't have due process, you don't step down from allegations. And I know that we're in a, in a time in this country where where they're like um, people don't have to file police reports or anything, and they can have allegations, and some of them could be credible. But you just can't resign. You just can't resign every time somebody accuses you of something. Like that's crazy to me. So President Obama needs to keep his mouth shut for one, because the problem is, is that everybody's expecting expectation is for him to fight for issues um, um, that are for whatever their issues are. The problem is, is that every time a black person is, is accused of something, we automatically want to go off with his head. But everybody else is like, they don't resign. It's like Republicans saying things like. You know, um, the guy in, in, in Virginia needs to resign. It's like Republicans don't give a rant about that or they'd be asking Trump to resign. So we need to keep game when we see it. So uh, I am really hesitant on this, and I think that everybody needs to kind of chill out on it because they change the focus from the other three white guys that need to be about it at least to focus on the black dude because now this is more serious to white women where white females feel like, Anything that has to do with me too is their movement. So Camilla um, Harris, who did that, who came up first, she's wrong. That's why people need to roast her over her uh to the black people and try to arrest Harris for um that their kids didn't go to school. But that's assault against poor people. So you can't be productive now and just say, Oh, that was the job that I had to do. But the first allegation against the black guy, y'all are like, Oh, you need to be out of there. Well, I think that President Obama, I don't fault him so much as I look at him as a person who is just a little bit more conservative. But to your question, 
earlier to Elias where you said that people feel uh, felt like, um, you know, if Joe Biden goes to the race, he's just going to do what Obama did and progressive of disappointed with President Obama. I want to give you a football um, analogy for this. If President Obama is a running back and he carries ball 15 mm-hmm. yards, but the next guy comes in, throws a pass, and it goes 40 yards, do you get mad at Obama because he didn't go 40 yards? Right? <laughs> That's a good point. I like that. They need to put their life in perspective. That man moved the ball, moved the ball for you to have progressive people. He moved the ball. Stop blaming him for not being a wide receiver. He, he's not bad. He can't catch. Hmm. Leave him alone. Wow. I like that. That's good, Jerome. That's a good one right there. But that's a good point. I mean, and, and, you know, you have people out there who are really, you know, from a progressive standpoint, it's like, oh, no, we need you to be all the way to the left. And so now, but let me ask you this question to you, Vanessa, because, you know, maybe there's a plan with this. Maybe they're looking at this saying, look, this is probably the best chance because people are so upset with Donald Trump. Maybe this is the best chance to get someone that's really all the way to the left in the White House because under normal circumstances, you know, if you had a, a, a person that was, I don't know, uh, just uh, right, center-right Republican candidate, you know, there's a chance that, you know, the Democrats may not win the White House. But now that you have this clown in the White House, this is our chance to push someone through uh, that's all the way to the left. And so the question is, does it make sense from a strategic standpoint? Then the other question is, I mean, but, but this is dangerous. Because, you know, I hear, I hear conservatives all the time talk about, yeah, whatever, but the bottom line is we don't like Trump either, but we are willing to hold our nose and vote for him again because of his conservative, at least in their mind, his conservative policies. You know, the Reverend Billy Graham Jr., or whatever his name is, that guy, you know, it's like you guys are – Turning your nose and just everything he's done from sexual harassment to women to the way he acts, they have turned a blind eye because it's all about him serving their cause and purpose. So do you think this is a strategic thing that the progressive left is doing? And do you think it's really it could be damning for them long term if they continue to try to do this? First of all, let me say good morning, Jerome. I totally said almost everything that came out of your mouth. I said it before you came on the show, but of course, because you're Jerome, you're going to get the credit for it. So anyway, I didn't look. Oh, there you go. See, that Obama (laughs) should have kept his mouth closed. Didn't I not say that? Okay. You said it, Vanessa. Yes, I did. So okay, so I I believe that I can't think of that man's name who stood there and threatened all of the Republicans and said, y'all better side with this president. Y'all had better back him, because if you don't back him, then we're not going to back you. And I oh, can't yeah. Lindsey Graham. He's crazy. Lindsey Graham. Yes. This guy is, I don't know so what happened to him. If, John so McCain is rolling over in his oh, grave. I, I, oh, Lord. Okay. So I truly believe, y'all, that some of these Republicans don't want to back Trump. They just don't have a choice. And I'm saying that in their defense because they're being threatened. Graham is sitting there threatening them that you better side with Trump or we're not going to back you. And these people feel like they're going to need Trump to help them to get in a spot. So I just just think that some of them don't want to, Jay, but they're just going to have to. 
And I think that once the economy and the market dropped and the stock went to crap, even I lost forty something thousand dollars in mine. When I went back and checked the body said, Stop checking, stop checking. So if I'm losing that kind of money, can you imagine the kind of money that they lost and now they have to sit back and wait for the market to go back up to get that forty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars that they lost? So I mean, Jay, I just I think that he's losing some of the people. I think he's lost some of them from different things that he's done. Talking about John McCain, there are people that don't like him talking about John McCain. I heard some people mumbling that at dinner the other night. And when Bobby and I looked up, they shut up. So I, I really believe that there are some people that have a problem with some of the things that Trump is doing. They're just not saying it openly. They're discussing it over pinochle because that's what they were doing. So... I'm I'm telling you, just like you're in the world where you can hear it from both sides of you, and so can Jerome and Elias, bless your heart, don't focus, your job's just crazy. Um, I, I truly believe that some people don't want to back him, y'all. They just don't have a choice at this point. I just I just believe well, yeah, that. I, I just believe that. No, you're, I think you're right about that. No, I think you're right about that. Johnny D, same question for you, though, because I'm interested. Do you think the progressives... They're looking at this as their opportunity, you know, just like back in 2008 when we saw that, hey, we have a real shot at putting an African-American in the White House. Because, you know, keep in mind, Al Sharpton ran before President Obama, Jesse Jackson did, but now this is a legitimate shot. And I was watching a documentary the other day. It said that once President Obama won Iowa, black folks jumped on board because they were still skeptical and they were still on the Clinton train. So I'll ask you the same question. Progressives, are they looking at this as an opportunity because of who's in the White House? And do you think it's dangerous if they try to push this quote unquote leftist agenda forward? Uh, and it may come back to bite them in the tail in 2020. Uh, I tell you, that's, that's difficult to, to say because you've got so many new faces in the Congress and we, they haven't really been there long enough to, to understand in, in many cases. Uh, how how liberal they, they may or may not be, but I will say that politics is, is simply politics. So people are going to do whatever is going to keep them in power. So if 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 the narrative is such that they have to be extreme um, to as as you said earlier to the left, then they will be so um, in order to get elected. If if by chance the large populace of the constituents uh, see a, a more center base, which uh, that's pretty much my view is more in, in, in the center of alignment, then I think they will sway towards that. Uh, but whatever it is, if, if the goal is simply to beat Donald Trump and not put someone in there that's going to benefit the American people and move this country forward, then I think that they're, they're, they're aiming small and they're going to miss big. I really and truly do. So in, in my opinion, if that is the agenda, then I think that uh, surely uh, the Democratic Party need to change their strategy uh, just just to beat Trump and get him out of office. It should not be the main agenda. I think just simply being a good person who has an, an, an agenda that's going to be inclusive of all, because clearly this government shutdown uh, validated that, that argument that people are going to do what's in their best interest. You're never going to win over that, that third of the base that, that follows Donald Trump. So why try? When you look at the populist vote, I mean, you're talking about nearly uh, 12 million additional votes uh, for the Democratic candidates during 
this previous election back in November. So people are not as extreme to the right or to the left as, as I would like to, for them to believe. But unfortunately, in politics, they seem to go wherever they think that they're going to get in office and then change the narrative after they get there. And that is that's the sadness of our country. Uh, bring back it the days when people just believe in the rule of law, you know. Uh, you know, so you know, Elizabeth Warren uh, launched just five minutes before the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So Elizabeth Warren, Miss Elias, what do you think about her? I, for some odd reason, man, I'm just not a fan of hers, and I just think that I don't know. She's not, her, her and Cory Booker are just not doing it for me. I, I'm just, I think Cory Booker, in my opinion, is a guy. Oh, she's clapping her hands. All right. Cory Booker is a guy for for me that I'm just not a fan of his because I think that's been his agenda the whole time to run for president. He sounds phony to me. Elizabeth Warren sounds phony to me. Um, The the lady from Hawaii, you know, some of the stuff she says sounds quirky, kooky to me. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just not as excited about this Democratic Party uh, like most are. You know, you look at Kamala Harris. Um, you know, she wants to talk, I'm black and I'm proud, but you have a white husband. You know, it's just like, you know, I can find flaws in all of them. I'm not saying that, uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, that's a sin. I mean, you can love who you love, but don't try to come and be all aphrodisiac and all this other, well, that's not the right word, but anyway. But the bottom line is that don't try to come and be soul sister number one, get Christy Love and all this other stuff, and you got a white husband. I, I, I don't know. I just, maybe it's. Yeah, I mean, so none of them do it for me either, Jay. None of them do it for me, especially Warren. Why is she running? I don't. I I like I like some of her policies. I do. I like her tax policy. Uh, Yeah, I do. Yeah, but she lied on the Indians last. Jerome, can I ask Jerome a question? Jerome Jerome. is dropped off. He's traveling, so he's in and out, sweetie. He's not here. You know what? I don't understand why she's running. Why is she wasting money? running when she lied on the Indians. I mean, my grandfather had a hooked nose and curly hair and was as white as Elizabeth Warren. You don't hear me going back talking about I got Indian blood in my heritage. I mean, so I don't I don't get that. So I, I don't get that. I don't like her. I don't I don't I Cory Booking them, all of them are okay, the little Booker people, Kamala. I don't want none to be my president. But I told y'all they want her to be my president. So she can be a vice or something as a first black woman vice or something, but y'all, I don't see none of them people are doing anything for me. None of them don't have a sign in my yard. None of them. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like y'all are the same people that didn't like Bernie Sanders either. And you know what? I and came I still back like and Bernie I said, Sanders. I should. I came back. And I, 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 I liked him over Trump. I should have voted for Bernie well, Sanders over Hillary. On, I came back and said that. That's easy. That's easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, of course, I like him over Trump. But I'm just saying, I just, I'm just not Bernie excited Sanders about this stuff. I mean, I, I'm not excited. About, I'm not excited about you know. And someone else we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about this Alexandria, Asario Cortez, whatever her name is. I mean, oh, I, I'm Lord. not a fan of hers at all. I'm just, I'm I just, like her. Uh, I do. God, I, I like her. Well, I don't. And, and, and you know, so, so, yeah, sure so anyway. Uh, well, yeah, that's what that, that's why this country's great. Uh, so, anyway, so just to finish up the, the conversation about the contenders uh, for 2020, uh, I'm just, you know, man, I'm so tired of.
people, because they're popular, name recognition, they want to step up. Now, listen, I would say, you know, Booker, Harris, um, you know, Elizabeth Warren, at least they have some legislative chops. You know, they've been involved with government. Uh, you know, this whole thing with the guy from uh, um, Starbucks wants to jump into the fray. fray. I mean, come on, man, sit down. Oh, I, that's about the boat, Jay. Well, but see, but people are so Johnny, Johnny B. People are so excited about this this crop of Democrats. Oh, it's the most diverse field, and you know, I, I'm just not feeling them. I mean, you know, I hate to say that out loud, but I'm just there, there's there, I'm not feeling none of them. And I haven't well, I haven't dove into what their policies at this point, and maybe that's what I need to do. So maybe it's irresponsible mm-hmm. for me to come out and say this live yeah. on the air. But I'm just not excited it about is. it. What say you, Johnny? Yeah, well, I, I think I think a great deal of it, at least for me, is the fact that uh, it, it's it's early but yet late in a presidential right. run. Uh, by now, you would have separated, uh, you know, in, in in yesteryear's politics. By now, you would have narrowed the field down to about four or five uh, legitimate uh, candidates. But now, when you look across the, the the broad stream of those that's running in the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, it's a lot of diversity, it's a lot of variety, but there's no real substance. And the few that have some substance are, are, are basically, in my opinion, aged out, okay? Um, not that, that, that age age comes with that wisdom, but to think that, that, that your memory and your ability to, to govern will be the same at, at 76 and 8 and 78 years of age, I just don't think that's, that's going to be realistic, Uh and that's me understanding the maturation process. My mind was a lot sharper at 35 and 40 and 45 and then, than it was at 50. So, you know, you, you progress some ages there, and then, of course, that's the dilemma. I think what's going to ultimately happen is when the debates come, I think you'll have some contentious moments live and in front of the, 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 the rest of the world, which is going to split and splinter and divide a vote. So those who hold votes and hold a certain demographic of, of voters will ultimately have, have a stronghold. It's similar to, to uh, Bernie Sanders. I mean, Bernie Sanders literally had no shot at beating Hillary Clinton, but yet he held his base over her head until she came in and said, look, this is what I need from you in order to make sure that I can get over this ledge. Um, but meanwhile, while all of the kicking under the table is going on right now, and once they get in front of those cameras with those live debates and they put those boxing gloves on, know that that comes at a price. Because as that numerous amount of Democrats uh, get in there pecking and biting and exposing one another, yep. their lies train. Because the reality is that we already know he's a hypocrite. We already know he's a liar. We already know that he's unfit for office. But his 33% base or 37% base is going to stick with him. And so if we send the vote out, Amongst the Democrats, and we become too contentious in that particular party, then there, there, there may be a strong chance that you may see this guy for another four years. Oof, well, Johnny Good D, man, you did not make my day by saying that. Good God, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, we have to take a break on that one. Jesus Christ. Um, I'll be impeached that. after the Mueller investigation well. comes out. Well, let's hope so. All right, coming up next, we'll talk about what's happening in Virginia with the lieutenant governor. Let's listen to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
one from the quiz on Friday. Jaden? Research shows more and more 12 to 15-year-olds have arteries similar to that of a 45-year-old. But it doesn't have to be that way. Don't let your children grow up too fast. Encourage them to act their age through regular exercise and healthy eating.
It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. This second woman, Meredith Watson, put out a statement through her attorney about a half an hour ago where she accuses the Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax of rape when they were both uh, college students at Duke University in 2000. Welcome back in 347 It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best. It's time to say good morning to the peeps. In the house, ladies first around here on the serious side. What's going on, Vanessa? Good morning. How are you? I'm sorry. I'm I promise you, Vanessa's here. Oh, there she is. Hello, Vanessa. How you doing? Hey. Hey. Okay. Good, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Oh, man. My little brother's in the house, Mr. Johnny D. What's going on, Johnny D, man? Welcome in, sir. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, just a blessed day and uh, some stimulating conversations thus far. So round two, ding, ding. Uh-oh, look at the guy <laughs> using school words this morning. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, man, the smartest man in the world is back in front of a microphone, the one and only Mr. Jerome. What's going on, Jerome? How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good, and you're going to stop unmuting me without my consent. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a new data prophecy law this brother's trying to bring up this morning. Okay, my bad. I, 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 was, I was just about to say something. I was like, hey. oh, okay. I'm, all right, I'm on mute. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you. Oh, man, Mr. LES, the man who gets the first and last word is in the house. What's up, Mr. LES? How are you, sir? Good morning, good morning, sir. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Doing fine on a beautiful Sunday morning. Let's tell you, man, can we say hello to some peeps? Yes, we got uh, we got Covina man who's well, he just went out on his bike ride. Boba Wright is I in know that's right. Chat Healthy room. brother. Chat room. Boba and Wright. we got you know we got uh, Momo B. Happy birthday, Momo B. I love you, baby. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, Momo B. Happy birthday to you. Thank you so much. The pastor is tuned in, Stephen. This is the pastor, Stephen Jones. What's up, pastor? God bless you and your congregation. Mariana Music is in the house. Hey, girl. Mitch is in the house. Paul Gracie uh, Sullivan. Okay. Uh, Pretty Ricky, that's what they call me in the house. There's so many people tuned in. Thank you so much for being a part of the broadcast. Uh, Lena's in the house. What's up, Lele? How you doing, girlfriend? Glad that you are in the house in H-Town. Glad that you are in the place to be. Also, uh, you already said hello to Momo BZ in the easy. Hey, Momo. How you doing, girl? And, of course, our director of social media outreach, the one and only Jackie is in the house. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Good morning, Miss Jackie. Doing good, Jackie. Doing good. Doing good, good girlfriend. So now, tell people where they can get the show when they're not here live or when we're not here live. How can you continue to be a part of the TJR's radio network? To be a part, definitely check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
and all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash group, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash TJR. All right. Thank you so much, girlfriend. We appreciate you and all that you do. Be a part of it. You know, I'm starting to get active on Instagram, you know, so we're going to consolidate these one day. But I want to say thanks to all the people who are reaching out to your boy on Instagram. I'm going to try to be more active because in order for people to follow you, Mr. Elias, we have to be more active. So we need to be active. I want to say what's up to all the peeps out there that's listening to the show throughout the highways and byways. Remember, we haven't heard from our guy in a long time. I wonder if he's still out there, but I'm pretty sure he is. Stiletto. Stiletto. Say what's yeah. up to him. Just in case, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, from that, brother. Also, you want to get in contact with the show? If you want to listen to the show, just go to Google and type in the serious side. S E R I O U S I D E, one word, of the J. Rouse Show. You'd be surprised when you type that in. All the places you can listen to the show and catch the show. All the beautiful images and stuff. You know, just go check it out. Be a part of it. We'd love to hear from you. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, let's get into the last topic of the show. Obviously, a lot has been going on in Virginia. We kind of touched base on it, but, uh, you know, there's really some stuff that's been going on here recently with the lieutenant governor. Uh, Just a lot of stuff going on. So Virginia's lieutenant governor showed no intention of resigning this past Saturday, the day after a second woman came forward to accuse him of sexual assault. Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax released a statement Saturday requesting that no one rush to judgment and called for an FBI investigation so that due process will provide fairness, justice, and honesty that is necessary. He said that the interactions were consensual with both women. Lawyers for Meredith Watson, the second woman, released a statement Friday alleging that Virginia's number two politician raped her wow, in 2000 while they were both attending Duke University. Mr. Fairfax attacks were premeditated and aggressive, her attorney said. The two were friends, but they never dated or had any romantic relationship. The lawyers were watching told friends of the alleged rape in emails and Facebook messages she sent in 2016 and 2017. Notes that the lawyers included as screenshots with their statement. Watson has requested that Fairfax resign through her lawyers. She said that she was reluctantly coming forward out of a strong sense of civic duty. That's a lot. So let's get into this conversation. Because for me, you know, sometimes this stuff, it just seems fishy, right? Because with the Me Too movement, let me start with you, Vanessa, because you're the only female on on the panel here this morning. (sighs) Talk to me about Me Too. Well, actually, I'm sorry, Jackie's here as well. Talk to me about the Me Too movement, because we've had conversations about this a long time ago when, when, you know, when Cosby and some of this other stuff started coming up. And we were saying, wow, here's a situation that's between a man and a woman in a room by themselves. How do they resolve this? It's a matter of he say, she said, and who are you going to believe? So is it a situation where we're believing women because of what's been going on and not giving the guy, you know, due process? Because I don't know how we ever figure this out, right? So what say you? About this, the Me Too movement is because of way back, so many women were afraid to even talk about being assaulted in whatever form. Either somebody just assaulted them, broke into their house, or tracked them, or on the school campuses. Because you know there are a lot of assaults, Jay, on college campuses that go unspoken. Did you know that? 
especially um, yeah, right. black campuses, and people yeah. don't discuss it. It goes unreported. Yeah. So I just think that now what they're trying to do is, is have it so when they say Me Too, they're saying I was one of them. I mean, Jay, when it first came out saying Me Too, I had to say Me Too. I came out on your sh- on the show and told you guys that some of this had something had mm-hmm. happened to me. Uh, so I, I'm part of the Me Too movement, and I take it real seriously. What I don't like is is that, and I don't know how people are going to take it. What I don't like is is that like people come back from 25, 30 years ago and didn't say anything, and then want people to lose their careers, their lives, their jobs, their everything. Because it was our decision not to say anything, Jay. It was my decision not to, I don't know, I don't know anything else I could have done because I didn't really know my person. But if I knew who my person was, like these people have watched the person who assaulted them go up the ranks in government or become famous movie stars and they didn't say anything, Jay, I just think it's, I kind of think it's a little wrong on the man's side for them to say, lose everything, lose your job, your company, your wife, your everything, because you and this woman was in a room, and she said no, but she was the one in the hotel room. That's where I think it's a problem, Jay. If you went into a room with a man by yourself at 2 o'clock in the morning, what did you think was going to happen? So Vanessa, so wait I a don't like you just can't because that yeah. Vanessa, no, Vanessa Jay, because listen. they went in a room Jay, that gives them a license to Jay, hold on, listen. You let me finish. Okay. When I was growing up and I bet you Momo or some of the ones that are listening to me, my mama used to say to me, You're gonna you need to be at home by one thirty, two o'clock. Cause ain't nothing going on after one or two o'clock in the morning but you don't wanna hear what my mama said it was. But hanky panky. So even as you're growing up, if I'm in a hotel room with you at 2 o'clock in the morning, yes, no means no, Jay, but you kind of put yourself in that situation because you should have took your butt home. You should have left out the room. You shouldn't have been there by yourself. When I first met my husband, I didn't even go to Red Lobster with him by myself. My roommate went with me. So all I'm saying is, Jay, no means no, but some of these women – put themselves in that situation and they waited 30 years to want to discuss it and then take somebody to the cleaners. You can discuss it 30 years from now, but don't expect for that person to lose their entire career because you decided to wait 30 years to talk about it. I'm just saying, Jay, I am a media person. Somebody kicked my front door in and walked in on us. So some of these women should not expect somebody I, I know I'm going to get ridiculed on it, but before y'all start sending Jay emails, I am a me too. I have been sexually assaulted, so don't go there with me. All right, sounds like somebody was trying to get in when she was saying that. Who was that? Was that you, Jerome? No, I was, I was just affirming that Mike Tyson, <laughs> when she said that. It's like yeah. you, you're, you're in situations, and again, nobody's blaming anybody who's been a victim of sexual assault or rape. That's just crazy for anybody to blame the victim. But I am saying is that you are, like, in this moment saying, oh, 30 years ago, this dude did this to me without anything that substantiate, substantiates it, and everybody's flipping the heck out. And they, they, yep. 
although in the in the um, Blasey Ford case with the with the Supreme Court guy, they have more on him and other people to corroborate. And the Republicans is like, nope, we don't want no more evidence. This black dude, one person says something, and they're putting that out in the, in the atmosphere in the universe for other people to come out. Like they want to sink this dude on purpose, and you got to see that stuff yep. coming a mile away. And we cannot be so swayed by this stuff to be like projecting. And I'm glad that Vanessa said what she said the way she said it, because stuff happens to to us, but we can't project that on other people. We don't know that woman's story. We don't know his story. We can't project whatever's going on with us on somebody else. So what Me Too does, like I said, Kamala Harris comes out, and she's like, oh, I'm siding with the woman that sounds credible. You don't know if she sounds credible. We don't even, there was no investigation of that. I mean, there was <laughs> one, and they dropped it or something, but I'm saying they're quick to jump on the black guy to get him up out of there. But everybody else, they want to do due process. It's crazy. Uh, Mr. Elias, your thoughts? Well, just like, just like Johnny D said earlier, man, I think... And Jerome and Vanessa, I agree. There should be an investigation before. And, it, and if this man is asking for an FBI investigation, something ain't right with that. Because Kevin Ault never asked for an FBI investigation. This guy's asking for an FBI investigation. Give him an FBI investigation, then you make your, 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 your assessment after that. But until then, you can't just say, get out of office because these women said this. Do an investigation. And if it's true, then he should leave office. But if he if it's That's not right. true, it shouldn't nothing should happen to him. Nothing. You can't accuse somebody of something they didn't do it. You know, he's asking for this. He's asking for the FBI investigation. Something Kavanaugh never did. But Les, didn't one of the women well, say you know, I think it was the let, let me hold on, hold on, hold on, Vanessa. I want to get Johnny before you Vanessa, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to get I want to get Johnny okay. to, to I want to get everybody's opinion. You know, I want to swing back around to you, Johnny. And let me let me lead it with this because we we're hearing what's going on here now. But I, you know, listen, I I can tell you why Republicans are saying, you know, Democrats are hypocrites because when that whole thing came out with uh, Brett Kavanaugh, they were like, hey, he needs to go. This is even before it really got to the point where he had stood in front of the Senate or the committee for confirmation. They were saying, look, once this came out, he needs to go. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Democrats are saying, well, wait a minute, uh, we need to find out what's going on. Why didn't they say that? Once again, I'm asking the question, Johnny D., why didn't they say that, according to some, uh, when this whole thing went down with Brett Kavanaugh, but now they're saying it because, you know, it's a Democrat. What say you? Well, you know what, Jay? I, I don't think that they have any moral authority to stand on those grounds because I, I haven't seen that to be the case. <laughs> I think everyone that is associated with the Democratic Party has been most boisterous about the governor stepping down and now the attorney general. My, my, but the surprise comes in, you know, the lieutenant governor, um, Mr. Fairfax, and how quickly people have condemned him, uh, not necessarily for for something that was self-admitted as far as being uh, defamatory towards a, a, a particular ethnic and racial group. But, of course, you've got a young lady, well, actually now two young ladies, who accused you know, uh, Mr. Fairfax of, of sexual assault. Now, that is a pretty hideous and a pretty heinous crime. That's not like me sitting up there whistling for, at your, at, at, from a top floor window 
you know, talking about your anatomy. You're talking about some type of physical uh, accostation against a person's body and being. But the Democrats have been strong against uh, all three of the candidates, but more so towards Mr. Fairfax. I mean, you've got a, 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 a representative uh, host in, in Virginia who is saying impeach him. Now, that is hilarious to me because there has been no investigation, no anything. But once again, it plays on the, 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 the compounds of a racial alignment. And what I have to say to, to all mothers, and, and this may not go over well, you have to prepare your sons, your young sons, for the, 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 the Me Too. Um, I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's not just. That's not what I'm saying by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I've, I've got daughters, so... You know, God forbid something would happen to them. But I also understand the, the, the wrath of a scorned woman also. And as a mother and as a father, you have to prepare your young male children, whether black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Irish, it doesn't matter, with these type of allegations that could be crushed against, I mean, pressed against them. So it is something that's real serious. And you know, just to throw it around loosely and make allegations against persons um, one day, two years, 10 years, 30 years, if it was legitimate, then I think that the person should be uh, incarcerated after they've, they've given their due process. In this case here, um, Mr. Fairfax hasn't even been given due process. He, he, he adamantly denies it, then put them in front of a, 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 a con- congressional hearing, as you did Kavanaugh, and let that process play out. Now, there is statutes of limitations in some states, but I don't know about Virginia laws. Uh, in North Carolina, he could still be tried uh, if the young lady from Duke said that it happened in North Carolina. He could still be prosecuted because of there is no statute of limitations towards sexual assault. I don't know uh, the other state where um, the, the, the first the African-American young lady made the allegations against him. But this is serious, and, and again, once again, it, it's being partial towards the African-American male uh, in regards to wanting to impeach him without due process. Uh, but again, this is just a, another another thing that we have to prepare our young men for, you know, the flirtatious behavior, you know, and, and, and all the things that, that come with growing up. These things are no longer warranted because, you know, if you say something to the wrong person, you know, and, and to think 10 years from now, all of a sudden say, well, you know, he said something to me when he was, you know, a, a, literally a, a nobody. And now that he's somebody, now all of a sudden I want to say that he talked about my anatomy, you know. And, and those are the things that's just, it, it's a sad day and age. And if, in fact, the young man did what, what, what the two women said, then, hey, then deal with him accordingly. But I don't think that he had his due justice in day in court. And I think a lot of it is based on the premises of him being African-American. But people have come out on him hard, harder than they have even even Kavanaugh. You know, I don't think anyone came at him as more with more venom than they are at the, with, with uh, Justin Fairfax at this point in time. Hmm. All right. Now, listen, Vanessa, I know I wanted to, wanted to give you an opportunity to say something, but we're running out of time. And, uh, you know, comments are pouring in. And I want to read this one comment from a young lady by the name of Felicia. We usually do this during uh, the Chatterbox segment, but I think I want to read this and spend a few minutes because I want to read this and then get everybody's response to what she's saying here. Um, her name is Felicia. She's from Philadelphia. Let me pull it up. And she says, wow, really? She said, this is the same panel a few weeks a few weeks back 
that talked about how our black women are being disrespected by law enforcement. Then she says, hypocrites. Vanessa Tyson is a well-respected professor, and I find it appalling that the same group of people has changed their tone on this topic. Disgraceful. So now, who wants to take that before we uh, go into our uh, official chatterbox portion of the show? Go ahead, Vanessa. I'll take it. I don't. I, I don't know what was said two weeks ago about women. My position, ma'am, has not changed about women being sexually assaulted. My position, ma'am, will not change on women who are sexually assaulted and go back and wait 30 years to say anything about it and then expect something to be done. I am not saying that it is good. I am not saying that nothing should happen, but I am saying if you decide to wait 25, 30 years to say anything about it, fine, but do not expect anything to really happen because by that time there is no proof, there is no nothing. The person who assaulted me is gone, and I am not going to stop living my life because of that. And these women who wait until these men are fixing to get into high positions are wrong for waiting because they should speak out before then. You know who raped you. You know who did this to you in your hotel room. So why not say something before they become governor? Why not say something while they're in college or, or going through the process of becoming governor? Why are you waiting 30 years? You can't tell me my position has changed because I'm the one who sat there and went through counseling in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep. My position has not changed and will not change. If you have been sexually assaulted, ladies, it is time for you to speak out now. But if you speak out, don't expect something to happen to the person that you're speaking out against because you waited 20 or 30 years when all the proof and all the evidence is gone. It is now your word against the other person's word. Now, crucify me. I don't think you can because I'm the victim. All right. Uh, all right. Let me let me get one other person can respond because we got to get get out of here. So who who else wants to respond to that? Jerome, uh, Johnny, who wants to respond to it? Jay, I, I I'll respond because I I was the one who who started that conversation. And to be quite honest with you, Miss Vanessa, prayers always go out to you, but I don't think. Uh, it, I, I wouldn't validate that young lady's commentary uh, because clearly you, you have made your your, your, your point and your statement. Uh, I don't I don't see the association. Uh, I still say today that the most underappreciated uh, being on this earth is the, the, the African American female, and having been birthed from an African American vaginal canal, I still say that. So, but it, in, in in a sense, with the Me Too movement, the Me Too movement has no race, has no faith, has no color. The Me Too movement is about individuals who have been assaulted or feel assaulted in, in, in some type that of way, correct. and they come out. I'm, I'm all for that, all for that. But in the sense of Justin Fairfax, because that's where I qualified my comment, I said give him due process. I think we all deserve due process. I don't think there was anyone that said that they should not come out. So from from that perspective there, then, you know, I, I, I won't sit there and, and, and say that it's hypocrisy. What I say is that we, we have made our statements clear. 
in regards to, yes, I still say that the African-American woman, but he has to have due process just like everyone else is expected to have due process. Bill Cosby had his due process, and, of course, he's incarcerated, and I applaud that, okay? But with this gentleman here, then he has to have his day in court. If these allegations are coming out, and it it appears that all of them have come out around the time that he was running for lieutenant governor in 16 and 17, I I read an article where it was a a, a representative Scott whom uh, the young lady had reached out to, uh, I think um, I think his last name was Tyson, had, had reached out to and had indicated that, that uh, Mr. Fairfax was involved in a Me Too moment. Now, of course, he's denying the fact that he knew that it was specifically her because he said that they're colleagues and friends. But, you know, if he had knowledge of it, then he's just as guilty for not bringing it to the attention. But like I said, it, it really is about due process. It's not about setting back, um, uh, retracting the comment. And regarding uh, African American women being the most underappreciated, because I still feel that way. Yeah, and you know, and I do want to add on to that to say that you know nobody, and think we all say the same thing. Nobody is blaming a victim of Jack like ever, right? But we need to understand something: that people are making these comments politically. I want them prosecuted too, right? So if they find out after uh, an investigation that this woman lied, everybody's forming their opinion on something that they know nothing about just because it was a second person. If we find out that second person lies, her butt needs to go to jail. So work that out in your head, too, because I'm not for putting people in jail because somebody made an allegation. It's like, oh, well, if it's two people, something must have happened. People lie and and do this all the time, and then you find out later that the second person was like, oh, I thought you were somebody else. So we need to work that out. Mr. Elias, might as well close it up, man. Give me your thought on this. Oh, Mr. Elias is silent because uh, he don't want to get in trouble. All right, tell you what. Let's step out. Uh, NPR News update is next, and uh, we'll uh, read more comments from Chatterbox. That's coming up next. You're listening to the serious side. And on a need-to-know basis, is about 10 minutes away. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sony Pictures Classics' new film, Never Look Away, from the writer-director of Academy Award-winning The Lives of Others and inspired by real events in select theaters now. Turkey is demanding that China close its detention camps following the reported death of an ethnic Uyghur musician and poet. Up to a million Uyghurs are believed to be detained in the camps. In a statement this weekend, Turkey's foreign minister said the camps are a great shame for humanity. China's embassy in Ankara says the comments are completely unacceptable. An active Venezuelan army colonel says he's now backing the opposition leader and self-proclaimed interim President Juan Guaido instead of President Nicolas Maduro. Video circulated on social media. The colonel says 90% of the armed forces are unhappy. The BBC's Nicholas Rocha has details. Colonel Ruben Paz Jimenez says Venezuela's armed forces should switch allegiance to Juan Guaido in order to rebuild the country. Colonel Paz says the acute shortages of food and medicine are causing health problems to many Venezuelans, and he urged his fellow soldiers to allow U.S. humanitarian aid into the country. It is being stockpiled at the Colombian border as Venezuelan troops are preventing it from entering the country. The head of the pro-government National Assembly, Diosdado Cabello, earlier condemned Mr. Guaidó for requesting the humanitarian aid. He said Mr. Guaidó had committed treason by asking for a U.S. military intervention and would be arrested in due course. 
Thousands of protesters waving Spanish flags are demonstrating in Madrid today, showing opposition to a government plan to ease political tensions in the Catalonia region. They're angry at Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez over his proposal to hold talks with Catalonian separatists, the protest organized by center and far-right political parties. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from social media and the world famous chat room. Mr. Elias, man, do we have anything that you want to read on the air right now? Yeah, we we got some. Only the person that, that commented is Volvo Brady said, uh, or she said, I want to I want the politicians to get their free health care for life down at their local VA hospital. Best way I can think of them to get our vets their the health care that they deserve. And then he says, Democrat, Democrats, uh, no, he said the, the Republican Party needs to have an alternative to Trump to split their votes. Yeah, it sounds like there may be a Republican challenger in the primaries. We'll see how it breaks out. All right, quite a few things. Let me try to get through them. I'm going to, only going to read about six of them. Can't read them all. All right, uh, Pastor Stephen Jones, I agree with Jay and Johnny D. President Obama should have said something. He is a de facto leader of the Democratic Party, and as the leader, his voice should have been heard. Uh, Mariana Music, yay, heard from Jerome this morning. My day is now complete. Uh, let's see, the Me Too movement has... Uh, we see the need to move and have shed light, shed a light on issues that have been done in the dark. Kudos. All right. Uh, Mitchell Connors is a black Republican who voted for President Obama twice. I'm disappointed that the real POTUS has been silent on this. Uh, Caroline from Frankfort, uh, Kentucky. Why do we vote? Republicans are like the Russians. They have. They have and will continue to find ways to steal congressional seats and governorships. I'm done. Well, shouldn't take that approach, Carolyn. Uh, Frank from Nashville, Tennessee. What a great topic. You need to dedicate two segments on this. I'm going to assume he's talking about the last topic. Uh, Paul from Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Found you guys on Pod Bay. What is that? Uh, great show. Very informative. Great topics. I will be tuning in more often. Do you guys have a social media presence? We do, sir. Uh, Cindy from Durham, North Carolina. No means no. She could have been dancing naked in front of him, but once she said no, full stop conversation over. Wow. I wish we could comment. Maybe we should change this. We can respond to some of this stuff. Maybe. Okay, there you go. All right. And on that note. (laughs) Vanessa is fired up this morning. You know what time it is, right? I know what time it is. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. It is time to spread joy. It is also my time, or my favorite show. It's time for that portion of the show. It's time for on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome. It's free. Jerome, man, come on, brother. We need some help. Okay, now, what you got? First, I have a question for you and LES first. Did you guys watch oh. the new football league last night? No, I no, didn't. I wanted to see that. Was it good? Uh, I missed it. Uh, you know, I have not watched football in a long time. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I actually enjoyed watching those games, watching that game last night. Dang it. Really? I I CBS has a contract with them 
So, you know, NFL has the other folks' contract, and they barely put it on ESPN this morning because the, one of the hits on the quarterback knocked the quarterback's helmet off. So, you know, that's going to do much for the, for the um, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. I like real, the, baby. Yeah, yeah, of it being real football. But I haven't watched it since the Ka- the Kaepernick stuff. I haven't watched much football, uh, maybe a couple of downs or something. But this, my friend, I encourage everybody to watch this league. Now, I don't know what's going on over there yet, oh, but wow. it was actually pretty good. Caught me by surprise. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, wow. I can't even think of the name God, of it. It's, it's, like AA I, it's called the American Football Alliance. So I want to watch that. I'll find out. I'll get the name out there while you continue to do the news. Well, yeah, because wow. there's, there's a I, – I think there's a game tonight. But, you know – I'm watching. Yeah, I think it was um, – Yeah. Yeah, the game that I watched last night was um, San Antonio and – It wasn't Orlando. Orlando played someone else, but – you know they're not they're not all off market teams, but they're pretty big cities. So they had good turnout. Everything was cool. You can't kick any extra points, so you have to go for two. And there's no kickoff. That's the only thing I. Oh wow. Yeah. Yep. So. It, Alliance it, of it, American it, Football. That's what it's called. Alliance of American Football. There you go. So if you if you if you want a football fix for all of us who stop watching that other stuff, watch this because you know I. Didn't put this down, but I think that the football, their ratings was down for the Super Bowl. I think, um, I can't remember what the number is, but they said that this was a pretty low-rated Super Bowl. Yes, it was. As, yeah, it as was. the NFL kept saying, we're doing great. Tell that live if you want to. Watch the Alliance <laughs> one. <laughs> what? All right. Yep. So the number of Americans applying for unemployment checks has hit its highest mark since September 2017. They had um, last um, for last month 253,000 um, jobless um, claims last week. So get that with unemployment or, or with our full employment talk from that other guy from the from the orange guy. Now, if temperatures over the next five years are in line with predictions, the decade between 2014 and 2023 will be the hottest run. In uh, on record, so this information is coming from NASA. They said 2018 was the fourth hottest um, year on record. So wow, that's, that's our global warming yeah. stuff. Hey, right? right. maybe they're bringing another snowball into the Congress and say, "Hey, global warming is not true. It don't exist. And we have <laughs> well. isn't that? You know what? Don't you wonder how people make it to Congress when they can't have simple um, understandings of things like that? Yes. When somebody say it's cold outside, so it's not global warming, you almost want to say, did you graduate high school? Like, did you have any general science? Global warming can make it cold. They don't, I don't think they yes. get it. Yeah. All right. Nearly every major U.S. cell phone carrier sold precise location data to bounty hunters via a secret tracking service. Yeah, for years is what this report found. Like, so they had a new investigation that found that hundreds of bounty hunters had access to highly sensitive user data, and it was sold to them by almost every U.S. major wireless carrier. Mm. So all you had to do is pay them a little bit of money. If you was looking for somebody, they would give you the tr- the tracker for somebody's cell phone. See? Wow, really? Remember we just did this with the whole. 23andMe and data and and what it was yeah. 
Ancestry.com. Stop giving um, yeah. them your DNA. People are tracking you. You know, so I know what the people are saying, like, um, I ain't doing anything, so I don't care. Okay, but when they catch your cousin, like, <laughs> you do your DNA, then you're going to have a little problem. <laughs> hey, that's what they do. They do. All they have to do is somebody in the family, so they'll just run all of y'all. So protect your kids. Stop giving people your DNA. Now, there was a record 4,239 guns seized at U.S. airports in 2018. I'm sorry, sorry for that, Vanessa, because I know Whoa, that's wait. Your, your area. <laughs> there was 4,239 gun seeds. Damn. 86% were loaded. And <laughs> most <laughs> of the weapons being seized were in the South. Yeah. 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 All right. So, but most of them were discovered in carry-ons across um, 249 um, federalized airports. That just means the regular... Not the small airports. We're talking of the big ones. 249 airports is where they found these um, numbers from. Mm. Now, um, Apple is banning Google from using test apps after it emerges that it also used a controversial search app similar to Facebook to snoop on phones in return for gift cards. So the move was met for that employees are unable to get these test versions of Google apps along with apps for their internal um, services and restaurants because they were using that information to track you. Again, another tracking story. So Apple banned Google from their phones. All right. Wow. Uh, oh, I'm man, sorry. I don't know where you're at, man. Wow. Yep. Google and Facebook and Google are profiting off your off your data again. The firm um, they said now you can too. So a firm is launching an ethical data sharing platform so that users can sell their own information to companies and make money, opposed to letting Google and Facebook sell your information. Now I don't really know how this is working, but. <laughs> Something is going on in this country that we need to sit down and have a conversation about. We might need to do a whole segment on this. Uh, because if you know anything about the Amazon CEO's um, lawsuit against um, National Enquirer, they they figure, uh, if you haven't heard the story, I don't know if Jay um, played this at the beginning of the show, but um, Jeff Bales is, is um, suing because... National Enquirer was trying to extort money from uh, extort from him. Yes. Pay them that for one. naked photos that he had. Mm-hmm. Now, since the naked photos are saying that his phone was not hacked and it came if from a government source, yeah, they think that someone like Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, somebody got his information from his phone. But when you don't post something off of your phone to social media, you are technically the copyright owner of that data. So if you take a selfie, you own that selfie until you post it, and then Facebook owns it. So Jeff uh, Bales is saying they stole copyrighted information, and he may actually own National Enquirer by this time next year. Oh. That's what, got <laughs> That's what happened to Gawker. That's what, why what with you? the Hulk Hogan case, that they won, so we already have precedent of this. But if they but, took copyrighted information and then blackmailed them over it, now the extortion comes into um, revenge porn. Is what it turns you, into. 
Did you see right. the fact that did you see the fact that the National Enquirer made the deal with the New York State uh, yeah. uh, Attorney General attorney. to say, uh, yeah, if you don't 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 commit any more crimes, if you don't come after anybody else, you'll be okay. I mean, anybody in your office, and they said this guy said, I don't care, we're still going after this guy. I thought, yeah. sir, how dumb is he? How yeah. dumb is he? I've been following that story. Yep. So so yeah. So with the National Enquirer. For what happens when you do a plea deal like that? They said, "Tell us the crimes that you already committed, and we'll give you." They're giving them immunity for it. But right. if you break this deal, the crimes that you even admitted to, you can get a process for. So all the stuff that they told them that they did, they can now be subject to going to jail for. Mm-hmm. So I know they're all scared wrong, over at National Enquirer. That man has lost his wife, his family, everything. So he has yeah. nothing to lose now but to go after him. He's got nothing to lose. Who's that, Jeff Bale? Bale? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, he was divorcing her, though. So he, he was divorcing her, yeah. Her. That's yeah. why he said... Yeah, but when was... you get caught cheating, she, now she's getting more money. Just yeah, she probably, cheating, she probably will. Money. Yeah, he, she probably will, but he's like the richest person in the world right now. And so Yeah, he, really. What he said was, <laughs> if, I, if this can happen to me, if I can't fight this, can't nobody fight it. So he is going to take them That's to the right. mat. He released all of that information so that they didn't have power to release it. So if you get that, they were holding some stuff blackmail on him, and he told it all so that they couldn't blackmail him. And now he's going at him. <laughs> so he's like, you can't do nothing to me. Yep, I got naked pictures. What you want to do? <laughs> That's what he just did. Really? So, hey, he took it on his chin. Yeah. Now, um, now the last place New York Knicks is on the top of Forbes' annual list of the most valuable NBA franchise. As bad as the Knicks are, they're worth $4 billion. Wow. Yeah. And you know that's because of Madison Square Garden. They have a, um, they've had a sports network for a long time that they, you know, um, they actually show different sports teams and all this other stuff, the Knicks network and all of that. But, you know, after, after them, you know, they, it's their cable deal. Um, and, and the owner of the MSG Network, which is the, sec- the, the league's second richest network. So behind mm-hmm. them is the Los Angeles Lakers worth $3.7 billion, and then the Golden State Warriors is $3.5 billion, and then the Chicago Bulls $2.9 billion, the Celtics are $2.8 billion um, to round out the top five. So the average NBA wow. franchise is $1.9 billion now. Do you believe that? Really? Wow. Yeah, well, Chicago, Michael Jordan, the Bull, I mean, all those franchises. That's why the Knicks and all those, come on, man. I mean, it's from the past. It's, it's damn sure it's not from nothing they're doing now. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> but forget this. The Cavaliers dropped 10 spots since LeBron left. <laughs> it is oh, yeah, because they, were, they don't have that history. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> they don't have history. No, no, no. No doubt. No doubt. But I bet you Los Angeles numbers go up since LeBron is there, too, because their TV yeah. revenue Oh, up. yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Now, I don't know if you saw that um, um, Robert Mueller, since we talked about the special investigators, uh, revealed that FBI agent who stormed Roger Storm's house sees a year's worth of em- em- emails, bank records, and has a haul over um, terabytes of electronic data. So, if you don't know what a terabyte is, just think of it this way a megabyte, a million bytes. A tera 
is a million megabytes. <laughs> so if you, want, <laughs> if you need to do the math, they have a lot of data on that yes. move. So he's he's gonna uh, have a problem. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, since I missed the early part of the show, I don't know if you covered this, but um, Oscar nominee no, Ava DuVernay lashed out at Melania Trump and Liam Nilsson saying that they benefit from white privilege because she said she took to Twitter and she said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even mention that it's Black History Month. But anyway, she said, welcome to Black History Month and pointed out how prominent white figures such as Melania Trump and famed actor use their white privilege. So Melania Trump she said, she note that if a black person such as Michelle Obama or Will Smith were in their place, society would respond very differently to them. So she argues that Melania's benefits from white privilege in which she can have a nude, or she said risky modeling photo, nude, and not face harsh criticism for it. Whereas if Michelle had posted such images, it would have been a very different story. And if you haven't heard the story with Liam Neeson, who recently came yes. under fire because he said um, he had a primal urge to murder a, a black bee um, after yeah. a loved one was raped. Yeah. So, mm. I don't know what didn't to say about the Liam Neeson stuff. It didn't uh, matter if it was the person that did it. It didn't matter if it was the person that did it. He just wanted to find right. the first what? black person he'd seen he wanted to murder. Yeah. He, he said That's he, what he was did. Yeah, yes. he said he took to the streets for, what was it? Like a a week or two in black yep. neighborhoods looking for somebody yes. so that he can murder them. Yep. That was Liam Neeson. And he said he yep. realized how wrong he was back then. But I am saying yeah. this mm-hmm. is if that is in your psyche anyway, there is something wrong with you. And we need to talk exactly. about what white is and what that um that testosterone or mass, whatever it is, delusion that they have affects the way they see black people. So, guess who came out in his defense? And I have much respect for her, but Whoopi Goldberg is wrong for this. Because she defended Liam Neeson, and she claimed that the actor isn't a bigot um, because he had thoughts like that, and he's brave for coming out. She didn't say he was brave, but she was saying she respected the fact that he came out and said that. You know, we cannot move farther along. We need to say, if you have thoughts like that, I definitely wouldn't let you around my children. Even if I was cool with you. Yeah. You can't be around black folks. Really? We know what's you in the can't. back wow. of your head. That's, that's yeah. crazy as I'll get out. All right, Jerome, we have time for one more, brother. What do you have for us? All right. So uh, let me let me think about this because because I was gonna go to the male contraceptive jail, but I didn't really want to do that story too much. But there's um, a sperm bank is finding uh, a mother who accidentally found the donor through 23andMe. So remember we said this about using 23andMe. She had donated sperm, has two children. So she blood tested her two children, used 23andMe, and found the father. So 23andMe is saying you breached our contract and now you're liable for $20,000. And she can no longer have access to uh, the sperm that she purchased from the bank, from the sperm bank. I know that's a long way to go. Wow! It was just an interesting really? story. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's wow. a Jerome special. Wow. Okay. okay. Thank you, Jerome. I'm sorry about that one. That was a long way to go. A man is putting his parents 
Listen, in India, a man is suing his parents for giving birth to him without his consent. Consent. Uh, that, 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 there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Hey, drum shot, please. And on that, thank you very much. Right. Good night. <laughs> Tip your waitress. My father. Another doozy for my main man, Mr. Jerome Street. All right, it's time for final thoughts. And uh, Vanessa May Belly from the Macanelli, you're up first. Final thoughts, sweetie. My final thought is for those of you that sent other text messages that they didn't read, and for those of you who want to send other text messages, I am not saying that it is okay. No means no. But in order for no to mean no, you eventually have to stand up when the evidence is still there to help your note mean something. If something has happened to you in the past and it has not been discussed, they have the Me Too movement in place for you to be able to openly discuss it and not be embarrassed and not be ashamed. So to all the women at the sound of my voice, if you are out there and you said no, or someone did something to you and you said no, or you found yourself in a situation and you didn't mean for that situation to happen and it went the wrong way, the Me Too movement is there for you to now openly discuss it and not be ashamed. So don't be mad at people like me that took 25 years to finally be able to openly discuss it because I'm okay with openly discussing it. No means no, but stand up, open your mouth, and discuss it. No means no. Well said, Vanessa. Johnny D, final thoughts. Well said. All right, Johnny D, final thoughts. This mic must not be on. Johnny, your mic's not on. All right, well, until he gets that fixed, we'll swing around to you, Jerome. Final thoughts, man. All right, well, quickly, I want to say happy birthday to Momo Beezy. Um, You know, and I want to say, you know, to our colleague Kathleen Williams, hey, I know she's doing better and feeling better. Can't wait for you to come back on the show. So talk to her. So shout out to Kathleen. And also, I will definitely have something for you for Black History Month um, since I didn't do a Black History Month message because there's a lot of information that needs to be said. So I'll share some next week. And everybody have a good week. And peace out. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Jerome, Amanda gets the first and last word. Get off the show. No, no, no. I love you. You don't need me. Not at all. I love Vanessa. If right. I've never seen that on, oh, on God. Your, we can replay that a thousand times. My bad. All right. There you go. <laughs> the man. Okay. Less than 60 seconds. The man who gets the first and last word in the serious side. The one and only Mr. Elias. My final thoughts. Look, ladies, uh, the young lady that said we were hypocrites, no, I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, you're talking about prosecuting a young man who hasn't had a trial, who's asking for one. Just just give him a due process is all I'm saying. And if I'm saying if he's found guilty, then, yeah, you prosecute. And at that, and at that point in time, that all due process is taking his place. But just to accuse somebody and say he did it and then say, yes, he is, he's guilty, it's wrong. It's wrong on all accords. So that's all I'm that saying. That is correct. And... Uh, all I'm saying, I like to also say happy birthday to Momo B. Mwah. Happy birthday, baby. Happy birthday to the most B. Okay, for those, we losing a live audience right now. We'll see you next week. But for those who are listening to podcasts or on the lines, 
give you my final thoughts here. Uh, once again, happy birthday to Momo BZ and the Heezy Lover to Death. Uh, also, uh, Frank Robinson, uh, the first African-American manager in Major League history and the only player to win the MVP in both leagues, died this week. Uh, he was an outfielder, a first baseman. Uh, Robinson was inducted in the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1982 in his first year eligibility. A fearsome hitter, Robinson ranks 10th on the career home runs list with 586 and won the Triple Crown with the Baltimore Orioles in 1966 and became the first black manager in Major League Baseball history in 1975 with the Cleveland, in, the Cleveland Indians. Baseball's commissioner, Rob Manifort, said, we, deeply, we are deeply saddened by the loss of our friend and colleague and legend who worked in our game for more than 60 years. On behalf of Major League Baseball, I send my deepest condolences to Frank's wife, Barbara, daughter, Nichelle, their entire family, and countless of fans who admire this great figure of our national pastime. Frank Robinson, rest in peace. You were a pioneer, and uh, during uh, Black History Month, you know, how fitting. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday... And we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. This sexual harassment topic is a big one, so we'll talk about it next week as well, because we need to have that conversation. So, for Vanessa, for Johnny, for my main man, Jerome, is free. For Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rouse, saying have a great work week. Get well soon, Kathleen. And remember, if it's Sunday we're talking serious stuff, it is. The serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Have a great work week, everybody. We'll see you when we see you. Peace. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Vanessa. Oh, my God. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Radio Network. Network.